By making the world a more beautiful place, Artemis publishes artists and writers from the Appalachian region of the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia and beyond. This is the time when we need to write and make art for the sake of healing our souls and enriching our communities. Welcome to Artemis Speaks. Welcome. It's so good to be here today. I'm uh, very excited to speak with our guest, Alazio Zanelli. We have published his work for three or four years. I've gotten to know him through his poetry, and he's actually an Italian poet who writes in English, a language he has learned completely as an autodidact. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. You'll tell me. His work has appeared in some 200 literary journals from 17 countries, including Artemis Journal, California Quarterly, and on and on. Uh, he just uh, produced a fifth original collection of his poetry, The Secret of Archery, uh, was published 2019 by Greenwich Exchange in London. He uh, has submitted his work to us for three or four years. We published him always have been impressed with his work, and it's so good to get to know him today and go a little deeper into who he is. So we're across the uh, ocean doing this through Zoom. It's 7 o'clock his time, 1 o'clock my time, but I'm, I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome, Alaziel. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here, even though on the other side of the pond, as we say, and thank you, above all, for always featuring my work. Yes, you said right, because I think this is the fourth time I appear in Artemis. Well, so you, that's it. Yeah, that, it's unusual. And we uh, you caught our attention because of the quality of your work is really, really amazing. And then, you know, you're from Italy and... Uh, we, you know, our reputation is spread far and wide, and so we get people from all over, although we do focus on Appalachian artists and writers, but it is beyond that, and we're thrilled to have you in our book. So, you live in Italy. Tell us where you're located. What are you doing? Where are you? Yes, uh, well, I've, I was born, and I still live in Cremona, which is a small town, not far from Milan in Lombardy, just to locate it. Milan, of course, is one of the most important cities. And unfortunately, my region is where the bloody pandemic started, if you remember. So Cremona was not, is not too far from the actual place where it started. I'm a professional uh, in the field of uh, finance. So maybe there's nothing <laughs> further from poetry than uh, financial advisory, but that's my job. Well, you know, poets need to survive, and a lot of poets <laughs> uh, struggle. So, maybe how true! It's, it's great that you figured all that out. Now, you learned English as your second, third language. Is that how this happened? Well, that's a that's a long story because 
in schools, um, I always studied German and I didn't know a word of English. But, uh, you know, in the 70s, when I was a boy, music was a real, a real big thing. And all of my friends listened to all the, the famous rock bands of the time, either American or British, and I couldn't understand a, a word. And so that's what spurred me on to start learning English as a self-taught learner. And, uh, well, things went on in years until I was sufficiently good to read something. And I started also reading literature and poetry. Actually, the first book of, of poetry I read was an anthology of American verse. And I remember I was uh, really attracted to it because, uh, you know, it's a bit different. Later, I discovered it was different to British English. And so that was my first approach to English. Interesting. So what was the difference between the British approach and, and American? Well, that's I've read a, a funny book titled uh, Divided by a Common Language. I can't remember the author. Of course, there are um, many differences. Uh, I usually adopt American spelling usage. And when I, I need some, I always look for the American idiom and not for the British idiom. So some of them I know, some most I don't know. I have to go to good dictionaries to find how you say certain things. Uh, the, the biggest difference for me is pronunciation. But since my wife is English, I understand that she's got difficulties in watching, for example, American films. Sometimes I ask her, what did they say? And she said, no idea. And so we have to put subtitles on because I think that the two uh, branches of English now have been diverging quite a, a lot. And uh, I help myself reading and watching films in, uh, in English. Usually it's American English, of course. You prefer that? Yes, I prefer that because I started with that, even though my favorite <laughs> bands were were British. Uh -huh. we, <laughs> Something we... a bit complicated. Okay, Beatles, Rolling Stones. Yeah, well, Beatles, I was more a rocker. I still uh -huh. am more a rocker. Now I like all kinds of music. Last Sunday I, um, I attended a Deep Purple uh, concert. They're incredibly, they're still around <laughs> after 50 years. I like uh, jazz um classical music, rock, everything, basically. Yes. Well, what prompted you to start writing poetry? Here you're learning English through music and studying yes. it. And, uh, and and what had you written poetry anyhow in Italian? Well, I, don't, I don't have clear memories, but it was in the mid-'80s. Mm -hmm. So... I had already started reading uh, literature in English a few years before, and I wanted to try some something. And uh, well, I don't know why I started. I actually started writing poetry in English, and actually writing poetry. But uh, that's what that's what happened. Even though I didn't submit anything until year two thousand. I write a lot and on average 100 poems a year. So I have a lot. Wow. Of course, only maybe 5, 10% are good enough to be submitted. But uh. I remember that my first acceptance in a British magazine was in year 2000. But I started writing around 1985. Interesting. How did you find <laughs> us? How did you find Artemis? 
Well, honestly, I can't remember. I'm always looking for new magazines. I think that I saw it, uh, I saw Artemis um, on some other magazines web website. I don't think you're. Uh, it's um, is it listed on Poets Market? I can't remember. You know, that's a there's a a guide for poets called Poets Market. I used that for a few years back in the past. But I certainly um, came across Artemis online. Uh huh. As a lot of people do, they find us that way. I just yeah. got a, a graduate PhD person who studies uh, Greek and classical Greek and found Artemis and was just so excited to see what we're doing and wants to submit and so forth. And uh, I get a flurry of emails, and sometimes I'm quick to respond, sometimes they get lost. You know, it's been a busy, busy time right now. But, uh, well, you, you got our attention. I remember, you know, your first poem. And uh, I think I don't remember the title at this point. I could dig it up. But it was about immigrants uh, coming across in a boat, something to that effect. And uh, Yes, maybe it was A Migrant's Lay. Yes. If I remember well. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which is, well, that poem was inspired by, by, by a real event, even though then I changed things because it had to become something more suitable for a poem. But it was a real event of, a, well, unfortunately, in the Mediterranean, many people drown every right. year. Right. And that was one of those episodes. And I think that's what caught our attention, you know, because it's so unusual to hear from someone close to that kind of event in Europe. And we, we were quite taken, obviously. We took your poem and we published it, and now here's the fourth year, and you'll be in this upcoming journal. And uh, we're excited about that. Well, um, you, you are a wealth manager, I believe, but you find time to write. Do you, do you have a... Uh, a sort of a set schedule for people trying to write? Do you have like a certain time of day you say, I'm going to sit down and write, or do you just spontaneously come to it? Because you're obviously a working professional. Well, my work takes a variable number of hours a week, but usually I have quite a lot of free time. And I have many passions because... Writing maybe is the most important one, but I'm also a long-distance runner. I do wow. marathons. Wow. I'm an archer. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Not a good one, but uh-huh. another of my hobbies. Um, I write quite a lot. Every time I have uh, some idea, I have to, to jot it down immediately because I don't want to lose it. And so you could find me writing some lines on my phone at night or even on the beach. I'm not the one that says, now I have to go to the to my studio and start writing something. It doesn't work that way. And uh, so mm, images and thoughts come to my mind at any time of day. And that's when I write. And when I can, I just, I just take some notes. I, I put down some notes. So... I don't have any particular plan or, or way to write. It just happens in, at, at any time of day. Of course, when I'm working, I cannot distract myself. But it can happen that some ideas come to my mind even when I'm working. Mm-hmm. So the muse taps in. A lot in. of times yeah. when I'm running. Running, 
I usually run on my own. Oh, do you? I've, I've, written, I've written on my mind a lot of haiku uh-huh. and even longer poems when, I want, when I'm running. Uh-huh. Well, tell us about where you're from, your actual city. You were mentioning that earlier to me. Uh, Italian is, yeah, Italy is just one of the most inspiring countries because of its art and its history and its architecture. I mean, so much. The food, the wine. So your particular town... Uh, is famous. Yes, Cremona is a is a small town, as I said. It um, and although it's not too far from important cities such as Milan, Parma, Verona, um, it's a bit out of the way. So it's it's not on a main route, but it has uh, its own attractions. We are famous for the violins, all the greatest. Uh, violin makers of history have been born here, Stradivari, Guarneri, Amati, and others. And still today, there's an important school uh, where they teach people from all over the world. Actually, the, I think now the, the apprentices are some 150, 200 people that study there from the five continents. And also the Luthiers, violin makers, that are based in Cremona come from all over the world. So a small town with this jewel about uh, uh, stringed instruments making. Yeah, such culture. I, I, that's uh, so such a rich environment to be growing up in all that. I, I can't imagine. Oh. I grew up in southwest Texas. I'm out in the middle yes, of there's the a nice, desert. There's a nice uh, center with... Uh, a, a huge and old cathedral mm. dating back to the 13th century. And we have the Torrazzo, which is a very famous tower. Well, what, what makes Sorry. it so special for you? How has that affected you? Well, mm, not in a particular way. No? <laughs> you don't think it rubs off? I'm, I'm, I'm used to it. Uh-huh. It's just normal for you if you yes. have all that wonderful culture and food and wine and art. Aren't you fortunate? Wow. Yes, well, many people envy us that um, Italians are not good at uh, enjoying what they have. <laughs> right. I, well, I think it's human nature to take, you know, take a lot of things for granted and not get it until maybe we leave and see how it is in other places. But, well, we're, we're thrilled to have your poetry, and uh, you're going to read a poem today as we conclude this interview, right? You brought a, a poem to Yes. Me. And maybe like you'll so. give us an introduction, what, what prompted you to write it before you read it. Yes, unfortunately, last year, on June the 1st, my mom passed away after a long disease. And so uh, at first I didn't write anything special about that, but with the passing of the weeks and of the months, I, I wrote a lot of poetry about my mom when she was alive, when I was a child. In fact, a poem that is mm, published in uh, the latest issue of Artemis is about that. And uh, this other poem um, is something a bit mm, particular because it doesn't speak actually about my mom and uh, me at first, but uh, it's it's about a strange uh, phenomenon 
that uh, I've read about in an article. Uh, it's called microchimerism. I, I think that uh, this is the correct pronunciation because I found four different ones online. And uh, it's when uh, cells uh, from the mother migrate to the fetus and vice versa, cells from the fetus migrate to the mother. And these swapped cells survive in their bodies for a long, long time, virtually throughout their lives. And so this article um, caught me. And uh, after a few days, I wrote this poem inspired by this phenomenon about me and my mom. And so it's called microchimerism. I feel them the way I feel the stardust seeping through my skin. I feel them in the light and in the dark, in absolute silence and in deafening noise, in peaceful days and in gloomy days, while awake and while asleep. They whisper me who I am, where I came from and where I'm headed. They uphold me when my body falters or my mind breaks down. I feel them loud and clear, even though turmoil surrounds me. And I wonder whether she can feel them in turn, wherever she is now. And if our swap cells don't do the job, I'm sure we'll join anew as waves a floating space-time living all the ripples invisibly entwined that eternally propagate within the whole, within the cosmic womb, astir with zillions more. The poem is to be published in a magazine called Philosophy and Literature, not a real literary magazine, because it's a, a journal of essays about philosophy and literature and their connections. And so I thought that I could read it. Uh, so you're the very first to, to hear it. I don't know, it should be published in a forthcoming issue. It's wonderful. Thank you. I learned something about that. Of course, made me. <laughs> I didn't know that too. Right. But it makes sense when we start in the womb and in our mother's womb that there's got to be a lot of swapping going on. and were pulled in so many ways because Yes, there's of a that. trace of each other into each other. Uh-huh. Was your mother raised in the same town you live in now? Yes, yes, in a small village just out uh -huh. of town. Uh-huh. So you never ventured out. You started to just stay where you were. Yeah, I've always been living here. <laughs> well, I can see why. You're a fortunate man. Well, thank you, Alasio, so much for joining us. I really enjoyed listening to you and your poetry. Well, it's me that has to thank you for yeah. taking my work for the fourth time in five years and for inviting me online for this interview. I'm honored and happy to have done that. Well, we're honored, too. It's a mutual pact, and thank you so much. And thank you to my audience who listens in on this and to my co-producer, Skip Brown, who makes all this happen. And uh, if you're interested in previous podcasts, we have them all archived on our website, artemisjournal.org slash podcast. 
until the next time, I wish everyone well, and I hope you have lots of art and beauty in your life. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Artemis Speaks. Artemis is a charitable organization now 43 years old and has evolved to be all-inclusive, a journal with essays, poetry, and art. 10% of the journal's sales are donated to a woman's shelter in southwest Virginia. If you're interested in learning more, artemisjournal.org. You can mail us directly, P.O. Box 505, Floyd, Virginia, 24091. The closing music and the opening music you're listening to is Jordan Harmon. And the song is Just Slow Down, a very appropriate comment for the times that we're in. If you want to read, you have to slow down. Artemis Speaks, the podcast, is recorded twice monthly at Final Track Studios in Roanoke, Virginia. All rights reserved and is co-produced by Jerry Rogers and Skip Brown. Just slow down.